And welcome back, finally, to the full forty with Chris. So long, so long with Chris and Rob. We're back. We're in my Midtown East apartment. It's been a long time, and quite frankly, I'm just going to start by taking responsibility here. This is 100% my fault. (laughs) Yep, Chris, a little bitch. My fault (laughs) from the get-go. I've I've fucked this whole thing up. Excuse my French. But it's just what I did. I screwed up. And here's why. I've been very busy with work. It's a, it's an excuse. It's also legitimate. But I'm extremely busy with work. You, you mean by work, you mean busy dominating the PwC corporate league. Yeah. Is what you mean. Yeah. Because, there, de- because well, let, let's set the record straight here. There have been nights where you're like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'm like, oh, yeah. Then check in the next day. You're like, I was like, oh, how's tonight? He's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I had a game. Dropped like 10. <laughs> On like three of fifteen shooting. I have yet to drop ten on anybody this year. <laughs> okay, all right, I all right. To drop ten. Although for some reason, I guess it's just that I just stalk around the three point line and don't even attempt to make <laughs> Shoot a shooter. That I, it's like anytime my team passes me the ball, it's going up. <laughs> just shoot him up, it's like, like in the Jenkins. Like one two step, it's going up. <laughs> You're like Jenkins, in like spring of senior year. Yeah. It's just not falling at this point. But I'm gonna keep shooting, yeah, because you might yeah. be scared. Yeah, it's it was pretty bad, and I have to apologize publicly, uh, to the extent that having a podcast that 300 people <laughs> listen to is publicly. I have to apologize publicly to you, Rob. Oh, thank you. Because we recorded a podcast on April 22nd mm. after pretty much all the draft situations were done. This is before Joe Cremo signed up, yeah. to play with us. This is before. Travis Reed or Reed Travis or whatever his name <laughs> whatever was turned us down. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, this He's is dead before. Um, <clears throat> this is before Sadiq Bay joined up. This was before Dante and Omari finalized their decisions to stay in the draft. This is a long time ago. We made predictions. We laid how things were going to go out. And let me tell you how the predictions went. We were all right. We got them all right. Every single one. Yeah, you have no <laughs> way of checking us on this, so we can tell you. Believe me, <laughs> believe me, we were right in 100% of our predictions. Actually, except Omari. No one got Omari right. No, yeah, Omari Spellman was the only person on this planet, and his mom. And his mom, the only yeah. people on this planet who nailed what was going to happen with Omari. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, good for him. So, I mean, should we just start into the draft? Yeah, I think we got to start with the draft. We got to so, start with the draft. So, it's... So it's Sunday, April, uh, um, Sunday, June, <laughs> April, yeah. the last two months didn't happen in my mind. <laughs> it's Sunday, June 24th. The draft was a few days ago and we're still on somewhat of cloud nine. No, we're actually, we're so, excited. We're excited. We're excited. We're excited. Let's set the record straight there. We're, we're excited. definitely excited. But the problem is that it is. Pretty much every other universe. Like if you saw Infinity War, the 14 million other options, we would have been on cloud nine. Except the one thing happened that that kind of dampened the draft. Right? It kind of dampened the draft. And this is no surprise to anybody. That thing was the Philadelphia 76ers being big dicks. They're just big dicks. That's, that's, That's who they are. 
That's what they're going to be now. I was so amped and ready to like basically become a 76ers fan with Mikhail Bridges on it because it was going to be a good team. They they only like they kind of choked away a couple games in the series with the Celtics. One or two pieces different, and that series could go a different way. Now you could say, well, Kyrie's coming back, and then and then um, Gordon Hayward's coming back, and I get all of that. But like. Yeah, man, the one piece they were missing was a big three and D guy. Yeah, and let's be clear for some of our listeners who maybe didn't follow the draft quite as closely. So Mikhail was a predict- predicted, I would say, mid to to late lottery pick, and that's where it shook out. Where it shook out. Um, I know I was watching the draft and I was like, "Oh, this is great! Like, I don't want the Knicks to take him. The Knicks suck at player development. That team is like an absolute mess right now." The Sixers, like you were alluding to, perfect fit, right? Perfect fit from a a player opportunity perspective. He fills a need there. He's a local kid. He grew up there. His, His mom, mom is the VP of HR. Oh my God! So many great stories. It was going to be like the story. It, it would have been the feel good story of the draft. And he sits there. I'm watching with my wife, and the Knicks, the Knicks take Kevin Knox, and we sit there, we celebrate. We're like, yes, this is great. And the Sixers come up, and they select Mikael Bridges. Woo! Like, party. <laughs> We're so pumped, like, feels so good. And a half hour later, they traded him to the Suns. It didn't even feel like half an hour. It felt like I didn't even, I didn't even come down from celebrating. Twitter hadn't done enough. Twitter wasn't done, like, celebrating this. <laughs> Even non-Villanova fans were like, this is the feel-good story of the draft so far. There were, people were like, the media, everyone was all about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Philadelphia 76ers said, fuck you, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. We want Zaire Smith. Smith. Come on. Come uh, on. And the unprotected 2021 pick. Whatever. Forget it. Like... Oh, so frustrating. So, and, and the kicker is the kicker is that Mikhail goes from a team like you were alluding to that's contending in the Eastern Conference to literally the worst team in the league last year. Man, like it's a young team, whatever, fun, but man, what a what a change! Just absolutely yeah. soul crushing. And he was a good he was a good sport about it. But like, well, oh. he was gonna act with class because he's a Jay Wright disciple. So oh, so, so bad. So like, you're gonna expect that. But like. It's just so painful because there has just been, there is just every other scenario just would have been absolute euphoria <laughs> yep. in terms of how this draft would have played out. Because Villanova's got four guys in the top 33. Like, like we, we could have sat here and our focus could have been criticizing all those teams who selected, like, the guy from Wichita State, whose name oh. I forget, over Jalen Brunson. Oh, my Like, God. we could have been complaining about four guys not going in the top 30, but instead I got to complain about the stupid 76ers for being dicks. They're just huge dicks. Absolutely. But I, I will say this. So there are a couple of good things that came out of it. One was the Twitter reaction was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I think my favorite was uh, was Josh Hart tweeting. He's like, oh, Macau Bridges going to be living, in, living with his mom next year. Like, hashtag stay at home or whatever. And then 20 minutes later, he tweets, that tweet didn't age well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the other cool thing I was reading about, though, was um, it seems like, and I don't know, look, I don't know how much of this is them just like playing nice but it seems like Mikhail and, and DeAndre Ayton actually got to know each other a little bit on the awards circuit earlier this year and at least from the interviews they've been doing like they kind of hit it off and they have a little bit of chemistry there so I don't know maybe it's like he's got a friend like Mikhail's not going to be by himself in Phoenix and I don't yeah. know hopefully they'll, they'll get the team turned around there. Look Phoenix is a nice place and basketball is a winter sport so it'll be fine <laughs> 
Like, right? Like, you don't want to be spending your entire summer in Phoenix. Yeah, but that's true. A- aside from that, like, it's it should be a pretty nice place to be. Um, it's not like going to some other places like Sacramento. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah like it, it's a legit city. Like there's some stuff to do there. Yeah. So it's good. And look, the core is the core of that team is really young. Yeah. Like it's in terms of a fit perspective, assuming he clicks with the guys, it should be like a good situation to step into from a Well, it's not a bad from a fit perspective because when they have no no pieces, yeah. like everything fits. Well, it's interesting. I mean, they've got Josh Jackson there who plays like kind of a similar role, not as much of a shooter, but anyway. So look, we don't want to get into NBA knowledge too much cuz we don't we know less about the NBA than we know about college basketball, which is little to start. But yeah, um, so we're going to spend the rest of the podcast actually focusing on my corporate league. Yes, absolutely. We're going to go game by game. We're going to give you the same breakdown that we normally do. And um, it's going to be fun. We're going to bring in some guests. We've got a couple partners from PwC that are going to be stopping by. <laughs> Give us an honest assessment of Chris's performance. <laughs> it's going to be brutal. <laughs> um, um, anyway, so we'll anyway, not be doing let's, that, let's, to be clear. Let's go back to the other pieces of the draft. Because so, for once, Villanova has more than one piece in the draft. Yes. Pretty right, cool. Right. Yes. Anyway, continue. So Dante DiVincenzo goes number 17. Now, going back to our predictions, we predicted on April 22nd in the podcast that you never heard, we predicted that Dante was going to blow up at the Combine because people are going to realize how freakishly athletic he is. And and he is going to dominate in that performance. It's going to layer on to the tournament performance. And then they're going to love him and tell him that he's going to go. And we predicted that Dante was gone. Dante was gone. He went and blew up at the Combine. He crushed it. It was awesome. And now he was a top 20 pick in the NBA. He was four spots away from the lottery. Um, he, he couldn't have played that any better. Like, if he would have come back next year, best best case, he ends up, like, Around 13. the same spot. Yeah, like, yeah. 13 is, like, probably best case. Yeah, so, like, go get paid. Yeah. Go get money, kid. Amazing decision, by Go him. get money, kid. Like, I'm so excited that the Bucks took him. In many, other, in many other worlds, I wouldn't have been that excited about Milwaukee. But Milwaukee has the Greek freak. So the big ragu and the Greek freak get to team up together and basically start an all-athleticism team. Yeah, it's going to be – it should be fun to watch. Like, there should be a lot of high-flying there. It'll be it'll be an interesting situation to come into. I mean, they're obviously excited about him to draft him top 20. He's got a, a couple other players there kind of playing similar positions, and we'll see kind of where he shakes out. I guess he'll probably end up playing the two. Like, the, the word, can't imagine he plays the one. The word I heard was that the Suns were this close to drafting Dante DiVincenzo, and the Sixers were super high – with the 16th pick. And the Sixers were super high. Apparently, McHale was their 1A, and Zaire Smith was their 1B. Yeah. And so, Zaire Smith kept falling down, and the Suns were up, and Philadelphia placed the phone call and was just like, yo, if you draft McH- if you draft Zaire Smith, I'll give you McHale Bridges if we can get a 2021 pick. Like, then the Sixers' strategy there was... Oh, I'm going down a couple spots in the lot, a couple spots in the draft, which means my my top guarantee that I have to pay is less. Yeah. Because Philadelphia is on the LeBron market. Yeah, very right? much so. So, so their thought was, oh, we'll swap those picks, pay less for a guy who we thought was just as good yeah. or close to yeah, as yeah. good. Which I mean, we can debate that, but whatever. This is their strategy. And then Dante dropped the next pick. Mm. So it was. Um, so that's kind of how it all played out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a good—I mean, look, Dante, great decision. He's going to have—it'll be fun to watch him. I mean, the confidence he's coming in with, 
Hopefully he continues to bring that confidence. I'm sure he will to um, to the to the table next year. It'll be cool. There's one stat I saw which I didn't realize is that like I think is like NCAA three point shooting percentage this year was like 41. But if you look at what he shot from NBA threes, he was actually 36. So he's still like a very good shooter from NBA range. Too, yeah, which is super cool. So I'm, I feel good about him. It's good. I think he'll have a lot of fun in summer league. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take coming right, right now. It. Dante Divincenzo will be. Villanova's best NBA player in the 2000s after Kyle Lowry. I would not be shocked if Dante blows up. I realize he's a little undersized for a two. I realize he can't play the point guard because he doesn't have a good enough handle. Or we'll see. Uh, I think he can. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. better decision-making than Jalen Brunson. Why do you think he got drafted ahead of him? Duh. Got, Rob, you got to remember that we haven't put out a podcast in two months, <laughs> and people forget people that you forget. said that dumbass comment. Back like four months. Yeah, ago. yeah. Let's set, let's set the record straight. So like back in one of like our first podcasts, when Dante did have like some stellar game, made some crazy. Yeah, good he passes. was starting in place of Phil. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, so. made some, he made some great passes, and I was like, I said at the time, Dante is operating with decision making that was on a Brunson esque level. I believe is what I said. Which of course he then proceeded to make like stupid turnovers the rest of the season. And that, that quote was obviously insane. But anyway, so we continue to reference it. So, all right, so we got Mikhail at 10, Suns, Dante at um, 17 to Milwaukee, and then... Pick me up off the floor. Omari Spellman, number 30. Unreal. To the Hawks. You Did you see the, the picture on... The picture of... If you, oh, you gotta shit. look this up. The picture of Omari Spellman reacting to him getting picked number 30. First off, he's just, like, at a bar with his friends. Yeah. And, like... His face of was just purely like, holy shit, this actually worked. <laughs> this worked, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Wow, I, di- I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> like, that was absolutely the best case for him. Where we stood in the podcast on April 22nd, so just to be clear, the podcast didn't come out. We said Omari was going to come back to school. Yeah. Because we thought that the feedback that he was going to get was going to be, hey, man, you need one more year of development, a little bit more post, a little bit more defensive skills, etc. But if they would have liked a three-point shooting, yeah. etc. Maybe even one more year on the body, even though his body was in terrific shape. That's what we thought, that, they, that the feedback that he was going to get. Plus, yeah. the 2019 draft was supposed to be weaker. So we thought, with all of that, Omari's going to come back to school one more year, yeah. win another national championship, because, duh. Yeah. And then, and then bang, Maybe a lottery pick, definitely like top 20, 25 sure. in the draft. And so that's where we thought this was all going to shake out. Yeah. Omari decides, screw you guys, I'm going to the draft. I'm done with this college thing. Yeah, I'm done with the college thing, going to the draft, much maligned. I didn't malign. Yeah. I didn't malign. No, no. I thought that Omari would have benefited from another year. And I thought that he was going to slip a little bit too deep into the second round. And not going to guarantee contract. Yeah. Still find his way into the league eventually. But I thought one more year would have solidified him, gotten a guaranteed contract, guaranteed money, etc. Yeah. What we did say was we don't know the situation. We don't know everything behind the decision. So if he makes a decision to, to go and stay in the draft and do that thing, then fine. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at with that. And, and, and like to be clear, like neither of us are of the view... That, oh, he should have come back because it would have made Villanova a better team. I don't care. I couldn't care less. Like, you, Omari, all these guys, like, you've got your life to live. You've got your decisions to make. Like, you were part of Villanova. You're part of our experience. Hopefully you had a great experience while you were on campus. But, like, this is—I look at at some of these guys who are, like, big-time players— 
their time at Villanova is as much preparation for a career in the NBA as my time at Villanova was preparation for a career in business. So if you make the decision like you're ready to go, by all means, like go, go. do it. Go. So like I, I think you and I are both on the same page. Like we were a little concerned that he made a suboptimal decision for him that he actually would have benefited from coming back another year, but we were wrong. If my I public accounting firm after my freshman year. After my red shirt freshman year in accounting, because I, I hurt my hand, and so I needed to take a, a red shirt year. No, in all seriousness, if my public accounting firm after my freshman year came to me and goes, hey, we'll offer you your starting salary starting tomorrow and you come join the firm, which to be clear, they would never do that. But, but if they did and said, we're going to pay you the whole nine yards, you're going you're gonna to come out, I would have been like, yeah, see ya. Yeah. I don't need my bachelor's degree. Let me go get that money. Yeah. So I mean, so and that's fifty grand, yeah. right? We're t- and this is millions of dollars. Right. And I think the one thing I thought was interesting is if you look at the language, the look, you look at the language Jay used after Dante declared. It was very clear that Dante got a ton of great feedback from teams. Like the language is very like literally Dante has gotten great feedback. We think he will do well in the draft. Yeah. The the comment that Jay made when Omari dis- made the decision was not as strong. It was something like along the lines of you know we're very supportive of Omari and like are very confident he'll be successful in his future endeavors to something to that extent. It was not as clear. So I think we were not not incorrect that he probably didn't get great feedback, but he was very much at the point of like, I'm ready for this. And I actually don't think it's all that different from uh, Mo Wagner. So Mo Wagner is another guy who had another year of eligibility and simply said, hey, like he was also projected as like a kind of late first round, mid second round pick and actually got picked right around the same spot. Yeah. But just made a decision like, hey, I'm ready to go pro. I'm ready for this yeah, next set of experiences. I'm done with this current Absolutely. thing and I'm moving on. And Omar made that call and it turned out to be a fucking amazing call. I think yeah. probably better than he anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, his face said it all. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so he's going to Atlanta, which um, also drafted Trey Young. Trey yeah. Young and Kevin Herter, whatever the hell his name is, dude so, from Maryland. So yeah, so... Right, because Trey Young got drafted technically by the Mavs yep. and immediately traded for Luka Doncic, um, the Hawks and the Mavs yeah. swapped. Right, so so yeah, Omari's going to be getting drop dimes dropped to him from from Trey Young, which be a pretty good situation actually. Yeah. Atlanta's probably not a bad situation for him. I don't know any. I honestly don't know anything about Atlanta. I, I don't know too much, but I feel like. They're trying to build some good pieces together. I mean, they have a basketball team. They do I'm have told, a basketball team. I'm told. Yeah. And then they were in the 30th pick and they picked up Marston. That's about as far as I know about <laughs> Atlanta basketball. So let's not let's not pretend we know anything more about it. Um, anyway, okay, so that's Omari, which will be great. Good for him. Um, and and then, then we've got... Jalen. The man who always operated with a chip on his shoulder. Jesus Christ, look out for him in the NBA the next 10 years. He's going to be livid. Is his name Jesus Christ or is it <laughs> so? So Jaylen, well, in my mind, he's almost the same. So, so this is what happened, and it's what everyone predicted would happen. Jalen Brunson is not going to get drafted in the first round because some dumbass NBA teams are going to say, "I want to take a more risky pick of a guy who can really be a star." Yeah. Right, and not pick the proven commodity of Jalen Brunson. He's going to fall into the early part of the second draft. He's going to get selected, and then he's going to pay for double-digit years in the NBA. So we've gotten everything except the double-digit years in the NBA, and I think we all know how this is going to turn out. Jalen Brunson's going to be a 10-year-plus pro, win a couple, win a ring or two with a team as like the sixth man or something like that, and it's going to be great. 
and he's going to do well. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and it's going to be terrific. Uh, I am 100% confident in this. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, he's just going to be so, so pissed and even more motivated. And so he's coming into a situation in Dallas right now. They've got Dennis Smith as their starter point guard. We'll see how they use Doncic as well, who is definitely like a ball-dominant type guy, kind of needs the ball in his hands, can also pseudo-play the point guard role. He's six foot eight or whatever. So I don't know where exactly Jalen will slot in. I don't, I'm not I, I don't think do. we see Jalen as a starter. I think no. we're seeing Jalen as a, as a bench guy who will get significant minutes. And then, I, I mean, look, there's no one out of the four players who got drafted who I want to see be successful more than Jalen Brunson. Yeah. But I think we understood why, from an athleticism perspective, he was limited. I know. Um, it's just oh, it's so frustrating. I will say this. I thought this was cool. He, uh, he picked his jersey, picked his jersey number already. He picked number 13, which was Steve Nash's number when Steve Nash was on the Mavericks. So, dude is on a mission. Steve Nash, I and mean, like Jalen posted it, Steve Nash like saw it, like noted, he's like, you know, good luck or whatever. I, I feel good about Jalen. Jalen's yeah. like, the dude's going to work. It's it's gonna be good. So sorry. The one thing I am even more pissed about the Sixers on was the fact that they did a twenty six pick and they picked Landry Shamit, this dude from Wichita State, who like I know he's this taller. What we're this is what we're talking about. Like I know he's taller, whatever, but he definitely wasn't graded as high as that. And I'm just like, look, you could have you could have made up from the Mikhail Bridges travesty by picking Jalen Brunson, and you didn't. The Sixers are dicks. They're horrible. They're absolutely <laughs> that's horrible. the theme. That's the theme of this podcast. The Sixers are dicks. That's the Dixers. The Dixers. Um, should we talk a little bit about some of the guys who didn't get drafted? Yeah, Tim Delaney didn't get drafted. Tim Delaney is, did not get drafted. Which is which is rough. <laughs> the crazy part so is he's coming back to school. <laughs> it's shocking. He called. He called the NCAA. I was like, hey, dude, I need to. I need to come back for another year. Denny Grace didn't get picked. Um, the biggest travesty. Kyron Cartwright. Yeah, Kyron Cartwright. Did not, did get, not picked. get picked, which, based on how the season went, he should have been like a lottery pick if Jalen was a 33rd pick. Look, he was on my draft board as the number five overall <laughs> prospect. It was Aiton, Doncic, Bagley, Jaron Jackson, and Kyron Cartwright. Bang. Bang. And there are 30 teams out there who made a mistake. That's right. <laughs> Kyron Cartwright. Undebatable. Kyron, Undebatable, absolutely. Kyron Cartwright should have gotten picked. Yeah. In the 2018 NBA draft. And Twitter was a little quiet about it. I didn't hear a lot of reaction. There should have been, though. Yeah. Anyway, Kyron Cartwright, he'll be a Kyron Cartwright's sleeper pick. <laughs> for he's rookie of the year. Pick. Yeah, for rookie of the year in, like, Tunisia or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, who didn't get Seriously, who didn't get drafted? Trevin Blewett. Trevin Blewett did not yeah. get drafted. Who got drafted late was, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? The guy from Creighton. Uh, Thomas. Kyrie Thomas. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get drafted first round. He did not get drafted. Yeah, and he was and projected. He was projected around 20. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, look, he's a guy. He's got the physical tools. He'll land on a team. He'll land on a yeah. team. He's good enough defensively. Yeah. He'll be good. Yeah. Oh, Trayvon Duvall. Trayvon Duvall. Oh, my God. From Duke. The first the first Duke one and done to not get drafted. Whoops. Yeah, rough. <laughs> and What's crazy is that if he sat out the entire year and didn't play and then went into the draft... Probably a lottery pick. All uh, Robinson. Oh, he didn't make it to the lottery. He still got he still got drafted. But but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of crazy. A couple of guys from Arizona didn't get drafted. Hawkins and uh, Alonzo Trier both didn't get drafted, which is crazy to me. 
It's you watch them play, and they just have such like a thing about. I don't know. It, it look to me. I thought what I thought was so cool about this draft was, obviously, this season was such a great validation for Jay and the program about what this program represents, how far they've come. The draft just further solidified it because this this put the stamp on. We can develop guys. We can develop guys quickly, a la Omari. We can develop guys who are established, a la Jalen. We can develop guys with a couple years, like with Mikhail and Dante. We can basically do it all. And a lot of these coaches now who have the reputation for like, oh, I'll get you in the draft, I'll get you in whatever. If I'm a player, I'm now starting to second guess, do I, do I go join a team like Duke or Kentucky where I'm competing for playing time and it's not necessarily a great fit like Duval? Yeah. Would he have been better served by coming to a Villanova? Whatever. So it, it starts to raise those questions, I think. Duke and Kentucky are going to be Duke and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And the reality of the situation is some of those high-tier five-star guys, even with the draft that happened this year, are still not going to come our way. Fine. Yeah, fine. We have won in the arbitrage of the lower five-star, high four-star guys, and some, maybe a couple local three-star kids Yeah. who are willing to bust their ass, play in a program, and win some ranks. And that's the arbitrage that we're operating in, and that's why last year was the full spectacle put on, was that we were way better than everybody else. Because if Duke and Kentucky are going to take all the ones and duns, or almost all of the ones and duns, and then you're sprinkle a couple out throughout the yeah. throughout whatever, but like those teams aren't also picking up the stable of players that they need from a depth perspective yeah. to make it work. We're going to operate in that arbitrage and that's exactly what we did. Yep. In 18. And I think this goes well into our next topic, which I'd like to call who the hell is on our team next year? <laughs> who <laughs> the I, hell is playing for Villanova it, it's, next it's year? It's a great question. Wait, before we do that, do you want to talk summer league real quick? Cuz I agree like I don't want to talk about the past, I want to talk about the future. Should we touch on summer league real quick while we're on topic of the draft? Just give us a, uh, a quick breakdown yeah, so, of what to look for. So Summer League has definitely become more of a thing and more of a commercial uh, entity over the past couple of years. So some stuff to look out for. Summer League starts on, this is NBA Summer League, starts on Monday, July 2nd. And what's cool is most of the NBA teams now participate in the Las Vegas Summer League. It used to be split up to a bunch of different locations, but most of them now are playing in, in the Vegas version. So really neat is on Friday, July 6th, for their first games, you have the Dallas Mavericks playing the Phoenix Suns. So as we just talked about, you have Jalen Brunson facing off against Mikhail Bridges. Should be really cool. And important I mean, to note, if, you don't, if you're not an NBA guy. Mm, that's a good point, yeah. The stars, like, don't play in this league. Yeah, it's basically this, like guys who are, like, league, two years out. Yeah, this us. league is for rookies, guys who are one or two years in, who are all fighting for roster spots. So the te- the games are actually quite exciting, and you'll see a lot of players. I bet, will Archie Diakono even be in there? I'm not sure if, yeah, I'm not sure if he will. I'll have to look into it. But, yeah, so you've got so you've got that, that head-to-head matchup, which will be cool. Um, Dante plays earlier that night. And then, a few days later... You have another intra-Villanova matchup on what, July 8th. You've got Dallas versus Milwaukee. So you've got Dante versus Jalen. And I think it'll, it'll answer the age-old question, who is the better point guard? 
anyway, so you've got a couple of those head-to-head matchups. It's on NBA TV. Sometimes they're on ESPN. Um, check it out. Just some cool stuff to, to look out for. And we'll definitely be providing some updates throughout the summer, assuming we do another podcast on how fun. these guys are it doing. It is fun, especially if you're a college fan, because it's basically a couple of European guys, but mostly former college players from yeah. the last few years whose names and, and you'll recognize, etc. And it's kind of like a college all-star game. Yeah. Like a de facto all-star game every time they're out in the court. It's pretty so cool. Josh it, will be playing too. Yeah, Josh will be in there. It'll be a fun time. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe now we, we transition to who, who the, the hell, hell is on our Villanova team. Nation. <laughs> Villanova Wildcats are fielding a team in 2018-2019. And we're here to tell you who the hell is on that team. <laughs> It's been really kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, so many names could have been on the team, were on the team, were not on the team. It's it's pretty nuts. All right, so let's lay it out there. So, what we got? so we got, first off, most importantly, the focal points of the team are going to be Phil Booth. And Dylan Painter. And Dylan Painter. <laughs> yes. Thank you. The artist. Coming yeah. back off that red shirt, I saw him in the gym. The dude is the top five players on Villanova's team next year are Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, but no. If, if that's the case, it's going to be a rough season. <laughs> Dylan Painter, aka the Hulk, aka the, the artist. No, it's the new nickname. He is because he kind of looks like the. First Hulk, that weird, that terrible movie. He kind of <laughs> looks like that guy now with his reformed body. Dude. So, so the Hulk is coming. We're gonna paint him green and make him play green outfit. We don't know if he can catch the ball still. That, we have a no question, comment to be answered on his actual basketball skills. <laughs> but what I do know is that he looks amazing. He looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. Phil Booth and Dylan Painter, but wasn't going that direction. <laughs> and then Eric. Pascal oh. is going to be preseason all team all first team Big East. He has to be. I mean, I imagine Shamori Pons is going to be the Big East preseason player of I the think, year. I think so because he's coming back to St. John's. Yeah, athletic team. Watch out. <laughs> so Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if there's any, Mullen's got to make the tournament this year, or at least make the NIT. You know, if Mullen doesn't, if Mullen doesn't at least make the NIT as a high seed, I think they've. He's got to be out. This is what his third year, fourth year. This I think is his fourth year. If he doesn't make the NIT as a high seed, he has to be out. If you're a St. John's alum, you've got to be like, look, the experiment ran its course, four I, years. I'm like, not sure that they let him go, but they'll probably he, give him another year. He's let's say this way: if he doesn't get a high seed in the NIT or make the NCAA tournament, he's on the hot seat next year yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, but yeah. So, so your point is, Eric Pascal. Is getting, I think he's going to get some Big East love. He's getting no national attention, whatever. I think he actually has the potential. This is a hot take. He has the potential to, to play his way into the draft. We're talking about a guy who dropped 24 on Kansas last year. On so. 10 of 11 shooting. Yeah. He is a physical specimen, underrated athleticism, and is a shooter. Like, I think there is a, a somewhat real chance that he plays himself into the draft next year. I, I believe it. Plus, he's certainly going to go, and because he's his last year of eligibility. Yeah, he's older, which is going to be the knock. Absolutely. But does a team want to take a guy who's kind of got like a Draymond Green type of, not necessarily personality, because Draymond Green, I hate him. Oh, disgusting! Ab- so absolutely disgusting. His shtick was fun he's for so like a dirty. year or two. He's so now dirty. Now he's just a schmuck. Yeah, he just comes across like a schmuck. We talked about this. I'm fully convinced that Draymond Green is the guy. 
in the locker room that the Warriors, like, he's super obnoxious. And at first everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is fun. And now everybody just kind of puts up with it because you're like, oh, yeah, like, that guy, like, yeah, he's, like, pretty good, but, like, he's fucking annoying. Yeah. I, I'm fully convinced nobody on the on the team likes him. Anyway, side note. Okay, so Eric Pascal. But everyone likes Eric Pascal. Everyone likes Eric Pascal. We are bullish on on Pascal's season. Yes. He, he could, should very much be one of the focal points of the offense this year. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So, so, so yeah, you got you got those guys, those three. You got Dylan. Um, you got uh, Dylan's included. In that. You got Tim Delaney. I don't think Tim's again going to play. I, it's just unfortunate what it's, happened. It's to him. unfortunate okay. what happened to him yeah. with his hips. But I don't think he's going to play a big focal point. So anyone thinking that that might happen, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> please. Do yeah. yourself a favor. <laughs> do do him a favor. Dude, don't true. have those that's expectations of him. And then and then you got the rising sophomores, mm-hmm. right? DCR. So you got Demir Cosby Roundtree, who yep. started to fade a little bit towards the back end of last year. So I'm I, hoping I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say he faded, but Omari became a more a, a stronger fixture, more complete player. Yes. So Demir Cosby Roundtree, his best game of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken, was against Texas Tech. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he played had a pretty really well nice game. In the Made some free game. throws. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He will be back. I'm hopeful that he has developed some type of a jumper. Not like necessarily just something to keep an honest type yeah. of thing. Needs a little bit more work, like anyone else. Probably a little body work. Um, Need some of that Shaq love. Yeah, John Shackleton. For those of you who don't know, Villanova strength and conditioning coach works miracles. Yes, he's currently reworking the miracle known as Chris Jenkins. Then you got um, Jermaine Samuels, mm, mystery man. Jermaine Samuels just looks the part. Of an elite college athlete. He does. And you just don't know if he's going to make a jump or not. Yeah. Big question mark. I believe that whether or not Villanova makes it back to a Final Four is actually completely dependent on if Jermaine Samuels... Wow. Yeah. On if Jermaine Samuels develops into a high level... I'm not talking like an all Big East yeah, type yeah. talent. I'm talking like a... High level type six man, yes. or I guess he'll start or something. I don't know. I don't think he'll start, but, but yes, I, I like where you're going. I like where you're going with it. He needs to develop into a reliable three point shooter, someone who's not lost on defense. Bingo. And 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 a, and a very strong rebounder for a team that's going to be undersized next year mm-hmm. at the top line. Yeah. The the our our back line is going to be a little undersized. We're not undersized anywhere else really. Um, but we are undersized there, so so that's the so so Jermaine's gonna need to be a big part of team rebounding. Yeah. Uh, if Jermaine can develop those skills, then then I think we have a very high ceiling as a team. Yeah. If he if he comes back and he's strong there, agree that is a a piece that I'm not counting on that I think fills like a real need for Villanova. So we've got Samuel's back, other guy back, obviously from the sophomores, Colin Sharpshooter Gillespie. Yeah. Colin, Colin, shot. Colin, give me three, young and Gillespie. Give me, give me three, young. Which, um, if if you guys haven't seen, I think is it the Kansas game. It's the Kansas game. It's the Kansas game. You can hear. Go listen to the audio again. Pascal is underneath. Pascal's underneath. Dumps the ball out to Gillespie out on like on the sideline, basically, and you hear in the audio. He goes, "Give me three, young and as Gillespie buries a three. Yeah, amazing. Well, Gillespie's moonshot triple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's back. You know, we'll see what he can contribute this year. Hopefully, the ball handling shores that up a little bit and just keeps the nice shooting stroke going. I think that's all you. He look does for. have a pretty reliable standstill shooting stroke. I'm not sure. Like, look, 
we're not asking Colin Gillespie to be an elite athlete. Because no. he's just not, it's just not there. But he doesn't need to play that role. He doesn't need to play that role. No. If he can be a reliable player who can get minutes, play a little bit like he did towards the back end of the tournament, which I was surprised at how effective he was towards the back end of the tournament. Jay had no qualms using him. No. Um, Kyle will be a great need-filled type of guy off yeah. the bench next year. For sure. No, I, I think he comes in. If, if all he does is come in, spell some minutes at the point guard position, and knock down some threes... Great. I'd like to see some more, but even that's solid. Speaking of knocking down threes, let's talk about transfer. Ooh. Joe Cremo. Joe Cremo. Who was the source of the worst headline written all season, where Dana O'Neill, love her to death because she gives Villanova so much love, but her headline in The Athletic when Joe Cremo came to Villanova was, The Cremo Rises to the Top. Which is horrible. Oh, God. Just <laughs> really horrible. Come on, Dana. You're better than that. <laughs> anyway, yes. So we got Joe Cremo. Do transferred from Albany. He was a sharpshooter at Albany for three years. Wanted to step into the big leagues. Weird thing was he, he didn't really actually go through a recruiting process coming out of high school. He just committed to Albany. He didn't play in any top-tier tournaments or top-tier leagues. So a little bit of a wild card there. <laughs> I just imagine, like, he, yeah, he's just some guy. He's, he's basically some guy who we were talking earlier. Unfortunately, looks a little bit like Eric Devendorf, former Syracuse thug. He has a Devendorfness about he him. He does. He's got to shave that goatee. The goatee is nasty. But anyway, enough about Joe Cremo's looks. Like you said, sharpshooter. He's going to come in, and I think the idea is basically to fill a Dante Divincenzo type role. Yeah, he's not going to be able to do all of those things because asking anyone outside of Dante DiVincenzo to have Dante's athleticism is a stretch. But True. he should be able to be uh, an effective defender because he's played in college for four years. Mm-hmm. Gamble on some steals and miss a lot of them. <laughs> should be able to do that pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> He is an excellent three-point shooter. Excellent, yes. So, so fits into our offense from that perspective. He's not a bad ball handler. He's got a lot of other good things about him. I'm not sure what to think until I see him play a couple games, but I feel pretty good if Jay went as hard as Jay went, unbeknownst to Jay if Dante was going to move on or not, he still went and got Cremo, and Cremo committed before Dante made a final decision. Yeah. So, So for Jay to go that hard after this kid makes me believe that we are, that he's going to be a good player. Then you have this freshman class coming in that's gigantic, and it's a top ten and a top ten freshman recruiting class. Yes, and just got added to. Right. So, so let's recap. You got Javon Quinterly, five star. Still questions if he plays, but anyway, yes, we got Javon Quinterly, five star. I think prediction he will play. Okay. No suspension. Okay. No suspension. Great. So we got one. We got Brandon Slater. Brandon Slater, lanky slasher. Take it to the hoop. Yeah. Four star. You got Cole Swider. Also, a uh, big dude, six foot eight. Yeah. At least that's what he's listed at. But he's a shooter. Supposedly a, an elite shooter. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. And then you got Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Out of Sidwell and. What is it? Sidwell? Sidwell Friends. Sidwell Friends, yeah, yeah. Where Josh Hart went to yes. school. Josh Hart, fellow alum. Very so, exciting. So, so Sadiq Bay, I don't know too much about him other than. He's kind of like a multi-tool type of guy. Can do a little bit of everything pretty well. Four-star kid. Yeah. Six. Late. He recruited to. He um, committed to NC State. Yep. 
but then he backed off of his commitment, and then we picked him up. It wasn't even they backed off. He asked for his release and was actually granted his release. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was interesting. But, yeah, 6'7", dude, plays the wing, can kind of play to a few different positions. Obviously, wing is an area where we're probably a little bit crowded this year, even with the departures. So there's definitely a question in my mind. Does somebody get redshirted? Well, let's count them up, right? So you got – let's go through the list. You got Phil Booth and Eric Paschal. Starting, yep. Starting, right? Those are the only two guaranteed starters, in my opinion. Yeah. You got... Mm, I think DCR is a guaranteed starter. I'm not sure. Who else is playing the five? Painter? No. I could see him not going. I, I don't know. We'll see. Hold yeah, on. Okay. Let's all just right, go right, through right. the list. So you got Booth and Pascal. Yeah. You got you got Painter, Delaney. You got Roundtree, Samuels, Colin Gillespie, Slater, Swider, Quinterly, Bay, Cremo. Cremo. We got yeah, 12... Yeah. Yeah. You have 12 scholarship players. Yeah. So so you have 12 guys. Jay doesn't like to play much more than eight. Eight is definitely his ideal number. Like, if you look at when we got healthy, it was eight. It was eight. That was it. You believe that with a lot, with not a lot of established players on the team, just two guys who are definitely going to be playing 30 minutes a game, yeah. that, that Jay will probably... This year will be one of those exceptions where guys will get... Where he'll probably stretch it out to nine or ten. Yeah. But I don't see him going over ten. I no, there's no way. And I think oh, okay. even tens is so, even so, tens a stretch. So, yeah. So so here's what we know. Delaney's the last guy on the bench. Yeah. You got Painter who's a big question mark. So so Painter is probably number eleven in my mind right now, but it's a big question mark. We'll see. I think Painter probably still gets some minutes just to fill that five spot. Because I think what ends up happening is if you've got Pascal at the five like we saw two years ago, it's not his ideal position. Can you say definitively right now that you're giving Dylan Painter 15 minutes a game? 15? No. My point exactly. Yeah. Now, sight unseen, this is what you're... We could go five games into the season and say, no, Dylan Painter's got to be a 20-minute-per-game guy. But sight unseen right now, Dylan Painter is not a guy who I'm giving it's 15 just, minutes a game to. It's just scary because like, we're so thin. We're so thin at the five. Like, losing Omari really hurts there. Yeah. Really hurts. But so unless you just go five out. <laughs> Nobody underneath. Five out. Better make the shots. <laughs> Good luck, everybody else. <laughs> Quinterly will ISO. He'll play the uh the James Harden role and just uh, basically the entire there. point of the 2018-2019 team is to see if they can hit more threes than the 2018 team. <laughs> yeah. They might not make the tournament, but they're gonna hit a lot of threes. Oh my god. So yeah, I, I think what you're at is yeah, I who, think who's, they, your, who's your starting five right now? Okay, Phil and Pascal. Phil and Pascal, yep. Quinn Early. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm putting Cremo in. I think Cremo in. Probably Cremo starts. Yeah, I'm with you there, Cremo. Okay, okay. so and, that's and, four. And DCR's at the five. And then you got DCR. DCR's got to play at least 20 minutes a game, at least, which he played, I think it probably averaged like 10 minutes a game last year. So at a minimum, he's got to play 20. I don't think he's got the conditioning right now to play 30. So it'll be interesting. But that's my starting five. Phil, Eric, Cremo. Yeah, Quinterly. DCR, Quinterly. Yeah. So you got Quinterly at the one, you got Booth at the two, you got Cremo at the three, you got Pasco at the four, and you got DCR at the five. Yeah. I guess that's fair. Yeah. And then off the bench, probably. Sight unseen, I'm with you. Sight unseen, I'm with you. I want to see what Swider and some of the others bring to the table first, but yeah, sight unseen, I'm with you. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, you've got everybody else off the bench, which I think, I think... 
big minutes. Gillespie's going to get solid minutes. Yeah. For sure. So to your point, you got so you got realistically, even though you got 12 scholarship guys, you got 11 who realistically will see minutes. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically. And Jay's going to want to get that down to about nine. I, I nine. think I think either Bay, I'm going to say either Bay or Slater redshirts just because of, I think we actually do have like enough wings, assuming Samuels is ahead of them. I think Swider, he's going to like the height, and he's going to say, oh, here's another dude, assuming Swider can shoot. Yeah, Samuels is the there. question mark. Yeah. Samuels is the biggest question mark for this year. I could see Jay going up to Samuels, but like, hey, man, you're not ready. You need to redshirt. Yeah. I could see you too. Yeah, if the freshmen are ahead of him. Absolutely. So. All right. We'll see how it shakes out. I mean, we've got we've got a few months before the season starts still, which is crazy because I feel like there's been so much actual Villanova activity since the championship, which I love the fact that we're still national champions. It's great. And there's going to be so much more coming this summer too. We've got Summer League. We'll, I don't know, get some readouts from Team Camp and stuff like that. But, I don't know, a lot of good stuff coming up. It should be fun. Look, we got a young team. Again, a lot of talent, a lot of things to be excited about. You got to be excited about 2018, 2019 because it feels like this is the one that feels the most like a rebuild. Yeah. It's going to be up and down. As opposed to a yeah. reload. Yeah. So there's, there's le- reduced expectations, I would say. The question is are we going to turn into a great team again? We're playing in the Big East, should be less competitive. And how? what's this team stealing? And then, and then you actually go back and you say to yourself, okay, if you take 2018, 2019 and give a pass for this year, not saying that we need a pass, but yeah. just saying you give a pass for this year. 2019, 2020, the prospects for the next few years after that look outrageous. Absolutely. And after, yeah. the, the recruiting class coming in after is already a top recruiting class. Yeah. And maybe let's save that one for like another podcast. But yeah, agree. There's a ton of potential there, which should be really cool. And yeah, maybe let's cover that. A later podcast. Yeah, we'll do another podcast. I'd say maybe let's let's wrap this one up. But before we wrap it up, I do want to give a quick shout out to our favorite Josh Hart and do a quick heart monitor segment. Heart monitor Hit because Josh Hart right now has been absolutely killing the postseason, and by postseason I mean literally after the entire season, not because the Lakers were in the playoffs. So Josh Hart, as we've discussed before, big Fortnite player, big Fortnite player, huge, huge Fortnite player. So he got he got awarded, I think awarded like Bleacher Reports Fortnite Player of the Year or something <laughs> like that. So whatever, Josh is just which blown. is good because he talks a lot of shit. He talks so much shit. But anyway, he's continuing continuing to dominate the Fortnite scene. He was actually um, at a gaming thing recently with Paul George, sparking all these rumors of is Josh Hart actively recruiting Paul George to join the Lakers. So he's doing work on the recruiting front doing work on the gaming front, and he is doing work on the shit-talking front, as you alluded to, because he and Kuz and the rest of the young Lakers continue to just battle on social media and just diss one another, which is hilarious. So I'm glad they're like having some fun with that. So Josh, absolutely killing it. I hope he continues to kill it in Summer League. It should be fun to watch and see what role he carves out for the Lakers this year. It'll obviously be a bit dependent on who they end up landing from a free agent standpoint, but Look, Josh's career off to a great start. I'm excited to see him having some fun and would love for him to join the podcast one day. So, Josh, if you're out there listening, you have a standing invitation to uh, to have a guest spot on the podcast. That's correct. I'm sure he's listening. We uh, Absolutely. We had a lot, of, a lot of the current players tell us they listen. <laughs> they- <laughs> 
<laughs> As Jay Wright says, I'm a big fan of the Full 40 podcast. He didn't say that. That's your Jay Wright impression? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. That's your Jay Wright impression. I'm not good at impressions, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm Jay Wright. <laughs> That's know. terrible. That's so bad. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, don't, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not even going to try, because I wouldn't. Yeah, tell somebody on the spot to do J. Wright impression. Good luck to you. Here, here's a challenge to our listeners. If you have a good J. Wright impression, record it and send it to us, and we'll play it the next podcast. And we'll actually do it, unlike the t-shirt promise which no, we made earlier. No, we're doing the t-shirt. We still need to do That's it. on you. I know, That's on I know. you. My fault we haven't done a podcast in two months. Your fault that the t-shirts aren't done. <laughs> true. I made a t-shirt. It was horrible. You got some guy out in Michigan who <laughs> listened to this podcast religiously who you who still owes the t-shirt. It's I your know. fault. Well, the t-shirt's coming. We didn't say when, but it's coming. <laughs> yeah. We did not promise when. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's wrap <laughs> this up. It's like 2024. <laughs> just a package shows up <laughs> like six years later. Like, hey, we promised you this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even remember what this podcast is. <laughs> I listened to this twice. <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's let's wrap it up. Let's bring this one to a close. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back relatively soon. <laughs> Made we that have, promise before. <laughs> yeah, we have some other things to talk about, um, but we're we're excited. We finally know who's going to be on the team next year, so we're going to kick some ass again. Woo. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.